You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Thank you for once again joining Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. We come at you every week talking Buffalo Bills football. Thank you for joining the podcast. This week we are going to be talking about the very first preseason game that the Buffalo Bills are playing in 2023. And what the Big Newt and I are going to be looking for. Newt, you're going to get to see live NFL action. How you feeling, buddy? Man, it's game week. Let's get it. Let's right. go. <laughs> Let's go. I had to wait 10 extra minutes to get you online today, man. You talking about I'm going to kick your butt, man. I'm going to hem you up just like they doing in training camp up there. You hear about the fights that's breaking out and practices because we getting geared up. Yeah, Let's we're go. getting ready for it. And uh, to you listeners, this is what happens before, uh, before an actual Jamie D and Big Newt podcast. I say we're going to podcast at a certain time. I get a message when I don't have the email out to him with the link right away. It's like two minutes late. And he's like, where is your ass? And I said, I give you five minutes. He said, I already did. I said, I'll kick your ass. And he's like, bring it. <laughs> and that's and that's what you guys don't have insight to is the smack talk that goes on, which I have to say, as far as smack talk goes, we're pretty benign. <laughs> pretty much, man. You hear about what's going on in camp, man. It was Kyler Eam against uh, Sherfield, and then you got uh, Spencer Brown going up against Dotson, man. No. They're getting ready, man. Oh, yeah, man. Little dust dust, man. That's healthy. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Is it? It's healthy. Oh, yeah, man, because they, they're tired of hitting on each other. It's hot. We've been hitting on each other for two, three weeks now. We're ready to hit on somebody else. So you're going to have dust up, especially all the competition that we have at positions. Oh, yeah, man, it's going to be some uh, dust ups, man. And it's like Joe Johnson said a couple of weeks ago when he joined us that, you know, from the perspective of a former NFL baller, this guy's saying, hey, you know what? As soon as the fight's over, you think to yourself, ah, crap. I'm uh, I'm losing reps out here. <laughs> so if you're a dude who's competing for a spot, you don't want to lose those reps. Exactly, man. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's funny because we're one of the only teams in the NFL that don't uh, scrimmage against other teams. And McDermott has said, you know, at uh, times that it'll be a situation where it has to be the right situation because he knows when you go up against other teams, it's going to be those fights and skirmishes. So it had to be the right situation. So um, there's pluses and minuses to that. But, you know, I'd rather fight another team than my teammates per se. But, you know, but we'll be uh, getting live action this Saturday night, man. I'm excited. And it sounds like Kyer Elam has been mixing it up a little bit. It sounds like, and I'm going to guess that he's been fairly inconsistent and the vets are giving it to him a little bit, telling him he needs to start living up to his first round status and he's not too happy about hearing that i can imagine man hey 
Everybody wants to be first round picks, but they don't understand what comes with it, man. You got to bring it. If you don't bring it, they're going you're going to hear about it, you know. You know, it's it's far better to be a fringe starter as a sixth round pick than a first round pick because if you're a fringe starter as a sixth rounder, everybody views you as a success story. Right. First right. rounder, oh boy, you better be a star or they're they don't calling, like you at all. They're calling you a bust already. Mm-hmm. Yes, right now, if you and we're going to talk about the depth chart, um, but I would much rather be Christian Bedford. Well, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say I'd rather be him, but I'm just saying he probably gets treated a lot better than Elam right now, as far yes. as press concerned. So I definitely 100% agree with you. Yeah. So this game coming up, first question. So the Bills are playing, what is it, the Colts on Saturday? I think it's the Colts, yeah. Yes. It's a home game. I think it's one of our uh, preseason games. is The only one that's going to be at home. I think the other two are going to be away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Saturday night, man. Can't my wait. first question for you is, do you care – if the team wins or loses. Yes. You do. As a fan, you don't want to see you lose. <sighs> yes. I, I want to win. I don't hmm. want to win at all costs, but yes, I want to win. Hmm. Okay. But more so than that, let me expound on that. So my, my answer is yes. But what I want to see is our first offense score and I want to see our first defense not give up touchdowns so mm-hmm. if we do lose but we're winning when the first team has come out then the scrubs give up touchdowns then I don't care as much how about mm-hmm. do you understand where I'm coming from I do okay so yes I do want to see us win but I will I'll much prefer our first teamers play well that that's that's first so picture little Jamie in 1987 watching the Bills versus the Dolphins in preseason. And it was late in the game, fourth quarter. It was like a one-score game, and the Bills had the ball. And I was getting just tied up in knots over this game. And I'm like, put Jim Kelly back in. Put Jim Kelly back in. <laughs> And my father's like, no, you can't put your starters back in. You got to see how the backups perform. Right. And now, don't, now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the preseason because I want to see the other guys. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of multi-layered. I, I, it, it, we really have to peel the onion on this question. Well, I'll tell you how I feel. Okay. I do not give a rat's ass what the final score is. Okay. I care about individual performances and I care about not getting injured. I do not care what the score is. You know, when the bills went to four consecutive Super Bowls, I think they won a total of like three preseason games. So what I want to say to the fans is what you see in the preseason is very much not a reflection on what the regular season is going to be because it's all about getting your backups in there, getting rookies, experience, and getting your starters out of there before anything bad happens to them. I agree. Well, I'm glad. I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you know I'm being irrational and unsensible when it comes to this. Okay. And one thing I want to talk about later, um, talking about conference realignment, I know you're not really big on uh, college sports, but I was discussing this with one of my good friends down in Durham. Uh-huh. And we were talking about all these changes with the, but basically the Pac-12 um, is imploding. All the teams mm-hmm. are leaving for the ACC, SEC, uh, Big Twelve. 
So their their very well next year might not be a Pac-12 conference. Right. And then so Missouri's head coach, because we're both from Missouri, he was very vocal about it, talking about the transfer portal, kids getting a transfer portal. But no one talks about the adults who is leaving conferences for obviously it's monetary reasons, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were discussing this. We had a very heated discussion yesterday, and I wanted to sit agree with him. All right. And so don't get me wrong. So anyway, I'm bringing this back to our conversation. Don't get me wrong. If I was the president of of these universities and ADs of these universities, I would leave for the money too, Mm -hmm. right? But me as a fan, yeah, that's messed up, right? Because now USC has to travel to the East Coast to play Clemson. Or the soccer team has to go all the way across three time zones to play Rutgers in the Mm -hmm. Big Ten. That doesn't make sense. Conferences were made for regional, right? Yeah. So me as a fan, I necessarily don't want to see that. I don't want to see that for those student athletes as a former student athlete myself. But if I was a decision maker, yeah, I would do it because the money is the bottom line in this society, unfortunately. So I I guess I could play both sides of the fence. So going back to what we were talking about, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You are sensible and you are correct. Only thing that matters is performances. The outcome really doesn't matter. I just don't ever want to see whether it's Madden, whether it's uh, if we're playing fantasy football, the picks. I never want to see Buffalo lose. Hmm. So that was just my long-winded uh, take on it. But yeah, okay. Well, I uh, I, I I hear you. you. You don't want to see your team lose. Now, I probably tell this story every year, but I went to a sports bar here in DC. A number of years ago, so I could try to catch a Bills preseason game. Now, we are deep in Washington Commanders territory here. I mean, it's as deep as it gets, right? Mm-hmm. So this was the year that Steve Spurrier came in. And everybody was very excited around here about what Spurrier was going to bring to the team. And in the first preseason game, there was a guy in this bar who was screaming at the top of his lungs after every big play. Now... What people may not recall is the Reds at the time, the Redskins right. won their preseason games. They went 4-0 and won by a huge margin. They, they were running up the score like what, like what Steve Spurrier was used to doing against the you know Division II schools that Florida would play every once in a while. And the way this guy was screaming, and I'm sitting there watching it. It's the, the middle of the third quarter. Washington has starters in uh, going up against dudes that I've never seen before. And yeah, starters are going to outperform guys that are not going to make the other team. And the way this guy was screaming, I kept looking over at him. I'm like, what is this guy's problem? Mm -hmm. Well, he then noticed me looking at him and he asked me what my problem was. (laughs) And I had two words. It's preseason. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to remove myself lest <laughs> I get my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, sometimes you want to set a tone, man. I was reading an article today about the uh, commanders. They're saying, you know, the new offensive coordinator, Airbnb enemy. Um, the head coach, I guess, was asked about him. And, he, and the head coach said it. He was like, uh, he's a little too loud for the players. 
And really? It. And so now this is a story. It's on ESPN.com. It's a story now how uh, Airbnb enemy, his intensity, he tried to bring to the field and all that stuff. So, I mean, mm. I guess you don't really want to address those things. But, yeah, I mean, you got to set a tone, man. I mean, we, especially when you've been losing. I get it. Like, hey, this is going to be a carryover. So we want to score every time. First team, yeah, you stay in there and score because we need to learn to win. So I get it, you know. Well, they set the tone all right. Steve Spurrier's uh, <laughs> Washington football team went 7-9, and nine, then 5-11, and 11, and he was out of a job. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he tried. I ain't say it's going to work, but he tried. Yeah. so let's let's go back to the buffalo bills and and this season game we we do don't we yeah it definitely is yeah the add (laughs) is strong over here yeah um what are you looking for in this game like i just said um i just want to see josh allen look sharp i want to see receivers look sharp um I would like to see as soon as possible some of these um, because I don't know if you saw the depth chart came out for this week. Yeah. So the weekly depth chart comes out and we have a lot of slashes in the depth chart. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, explain what you mean by slashes. So every week a depth chart comes out with the depth chart for the game. All right. So this is who you can expect to start, be second string, third string, et cetera. The slashes is the people who they have not uh, decided yet who's going to start at that position. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wide receiver, the slot receiver, you got Deontay Hardy and then Khalil Shakur. So we don't, we're not going to know who's going to come out the first day. It could be either of those two. Obviously, both of them not going to be out there. It's going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. So you got to feel whoever is the first one to trot out in the game is probably got the edge. Right. Mm-hmm. But you you can do things like, okay, one start the first, you know, start the game, the other one start at the halftime. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh so that's one of the slashes. Who else? Middle linebacker is between uh Bernard and Dotson, who I was mm-hmm. very wrong when we did our predictions. Um I felt like AJ Klein was gonna get denied, and right now he's four string behind Spectre and middle linebacker. And Spectre is the one who I was hoping was going to take the job, and he's been dropped down. Yes. So right now, um, from what McDermott is saying, and the depth chart is pretty much a two-man race between Bernard mm-hmm. and Dotson. And um, so hopefully we can figure out, you know, earlier than not who's going to take that position. So I will be watching that. Um, also a slash second cornerback. You have two slashes mm-hmm. between Bedford, Elam, and uh, Dane Jackson. Mm-hmm. But from everything we're hearing, it sounds like Dane Jackson is going to be the first one uh, out there. I'm sure all of them are going to get enough reps. But right now, today, if we were playing today, then it'll it'll be uh, Dane Jackson at uh, number two corner. Mm-hmm. All right. Another slash is going to be DeMar Hamlin and Cam Lewis at the uh, – at the safety spot, number two safety. Ahead of uh, Taylor Rapp? No. Rapp is oh, the, oh, no. Free safety. Sorry. Yeah. Rapp is uh, back it up Poirier. Yes. And Rapp, they said Rapp was getting first team reps. 
here in camp. Well, I'm sure they want to mix him in in case he needs to start. And I'm sure a lot of those reps were coming in three safety looks, which I'm expecting to see more of. Yes. In three safety looks. So we're going to see a lot of rap, you know, but that second spot, uh, Cam Lewis and DeMar Hamlin. And like we, we talked about this two weeks ago, I can imagine DeMar Hamlin not making his team. Right. Right. So, I mean, even though we brought Cam Lewis back, I, I don't, if it's between those two, hopefully it's not. But if it's between those two, I think that DeMar Hamlin will be on this roster as long as he's able to perform. Well, Cam Lewis is also a very capable slot corner. And he has started before in place of Taron Johnson when they were trying to light a fire under Taron Johnson's ass. Mm-hmm. So Cam Lewis may well find himself on the team because he's versatile and McDermott loves his versatile players. What are you feeling about some of the rookies coming in? Are are you at all excited about seeing how they perform? I'm very excited. Okay. Um, obviously, Dalton Kincaid, he's been catching everything. Every day we see videos of this dude making one-hand catches, contested catches. I mean, they're saying pretty much that it's been him and Gabe Davis camp along with uh, James Cook. Mm-hmm. Those have been the names every day that's been standing out. Um, so I'm 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 interested. And we the thing about it is though, we might not see him because obviously we're gonna be vanilla, we're gonna be bland. We don't want to give the Jets any film to prepare for us for the you know, the, when the bullets really start flying. Right. But I do want I would like to see him make some catches. That'd I just noticed fun. something. I, I'm I'm looking at the Yahoo Sports depth chart. Okay. They didn't include the tight end position. Really? <laughs> so they got three receivers, a fullback. No. no, no, no. It's just not the position. They're not showing who's on the team at tight end. Oh, that's it's, weird. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I want to see Dalton Kincaid. Uh, and uh, even though I know we're going to have two tight end sets and probably move them to slot – I'm interested in seeing him do something. But even more so than seeing Dalton Kincaid, I want to see Osiris Torrance. Now that is something that I'm very interested in because what is it that we're hearing about Osiris Torrance? We're, oh, okay, go ahead. I was going to say, he's a, a bull of a run blocker. Right. And he has a hard time pass blocking. And that mm-hmm. sounds an awful lot to me like Cody Ford. And, and that was my concern from day one that they don't know how to scout offensive linemen in the early rounds and that they're going to bring in another Cody Ford, a, a big, strong guy who can't move his feet. Right. Oh, right. geez. Please tell me this isn't going down that path. This guy should have this should should have the starting spot locked up by now, but he can't pass block. Are you kidding me? And they're and they're trying to sell it as Ryan Bates is going to be oh he's our swing guy, so we're you know we might start Torrance because we value Bates as a swing guy. Well, that mm-hmm. isn't important to me. Depth is not as important as <laughs> Josh Allen's health, right? So, in my opinion, like what you said, it is the utter importance that we keep him upright. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously it ain't like you can switch our offensive line. Okay, on run plays, we got Torrance, pass plays, we bring in Bates. You mm-hmm. really can't do that because <laughs> you don't want to right. tip your hand in your plays, obviously. 
but that's that's what they're trying to sell it as. Because I uh, we talked about it last week when uh, our center got hurt, Mitch Morris got hurt, Bates went in the center, and Torrance went in the guard, and then since then Torrance been taking first team reps. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because we value Bates. Bates can't, you know, we don't want him to get hurt. You know, well, you're giving this second round pick every opportunity to succeed. But like you said, we got to really watch this week how he holds up in pass pro. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The other thing, uh, another position that I'm I'm really looking at here is I'm going to have my eyes trained on the middle linebacker position. Terrell Bernard and Terrell Dodson. To me. They do different things well, and I know I've been reading things. They're like, ah, Terrell Dodson's been great in coverage. No, he hasn't. That's not what he does well. Maybe he's improved immensely between year three and year four, four or five, however long he's been in the NFL. I will be very interested to see how this works out and how these guys sort of make up for what their weaknesses is. And Bernard, his weakness is his size. He's very instinctive out there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is a guy who's coming in at 225. And the majority of all pro linebackers, especially middle linebackers, come in at over 240. Most mm-hmm. of them around 250. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be watching that like a hawk. You're going to be on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the... Other thing is, and I'm I'm not sure. I, I I'm not sure how much of this you could tell from the preseason because, like you said, it's going to be very vanilla a lot of the times. But I am interested to see how they mix and match their personnel packages. Like, are we going to see Taylor Rapp on the field along with Poyer and Hyde? Like, is he going to come in and play linebacker on? Uh, you know, third and long, obvious passing situations. Right. Are we going to see things like that? I'm I'm very curious. But like I said with Dalton Kincaid, I think with rap, he's the same thing. Is that something we want to tip, you know, you know, tip our hand and put on film for uh, the Jets for the home, I mean, for the opener? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see that. Hopefully, I mean, maybe we will, but I, I like I said, I think that's something like Kincaid. We don't, that's, you know, a little mm-hmm. wrinkle we might want to keep in our vest. That's all. Yep, I, I agree. And the something else that has caught my attention, Deion Dawkins hurting his hand. Yes. We know that the thinnest position outside of middle linebacker is tackle. Yes. One injury at tackle could derail the entire season. Tommy yeah. Doyle is listed as the next man up with Brandon Shell. And David Questenberry possibilities. Yeah. Oof. An already questionable line. I mean, we can't. Maybe we can suffer something in the interior with Ryan Bates and Torrance, but at offensive tackle, I 100% agree. We're, we're razor thin there. So I don't know if I want to see Doyle or Shelley and or Questenberry. No, no, I, I don't. And, you know, with, with guard, they've come such a long way since last year. I mean, also at backup, you've got David Edwards and Ike Butker, two guys who have started multiple games in the NFL. Right. So I, I feel okay about that if there's an injury there, which there will be at some point. Right. I I feel okay about it. But ooh, 
I agree. I'm going to be very curious if this is going to end up being the kind of thing where on cut down day, Brandon Bean is going out working really hard to try to find himself a backup tackle. Better than what we have. Yep, better than what we've got. I agree. What else interests or excites you? Um, did you see the top 10 drop last night? We've been uh, following the NFL top 100 voted on by the players. I and didn't the top see it. 10, and the top 10 drop last Man, what have you been doing, bruh? <laughs> what have you been doing? This is you and your lovely wife, man. You don't even have little kids. You don't even have a – you got a dog. You got no. a dog. No, you don't no, have a no. dog running around. You got to take care of, man. Why are you supposed to be on top of these things? I know. And and here I am pulling it up in front of me as we speak. <laughs> Lucky you got me, man. So hey, It's a good uh, thing. The most important thing, Josh Allen, um, the last Buffalo Bill came in at number eight. Hmm. So if you look at the top tier, uh, number 10 is Chris Jones. Number nine, Michael Parsons. Eight, Allen. Number seven, Tyreek Hill. Six, Joe Burrow. Number five, Travis Kelsey. Number four, Nick Bosa. Number three, Jalen Hurst. Number two, Justin Jefferson. And number one player in the NFL voted by his peers is the Patrick Mahomes. So that is a loaded top ten. Yes, it is. And at first I was going to say, Tyreek Hill, what are you kidding me? And then I noticed he put up over 1,700 yards. You looked Holy at his stats. God. <laughs> <laughs> you was like bull crap. Then you looked at his stats. It's like, okay, let me be quiet. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nick Bosa, 18 and a half sacks. Good Lord. Yes. Uh, you can't Hurts. argue with that. You can't oh, – because I know a lot of people are going to say, well, how did – Jalen Hurts getting number three and Josh Allen number eight. Well, if you look at it, he, he led his team to the Super Bowl. And once again, this is just the previous year. And so Josh Allen moved up. I think last year he was like number 13. Correct. And so he moved up a few spots. Um, Jalen Hurts was not rated the year before. Right. He went from we don't know about this guy and to number three in the whole NFL. And I think a lot of that has to do with the talent around them. Sure. Because I think, and Sal Capaccio talked about it on the show uh, yesterday, if you, or uh, today, if you ask any GM around the league, would you rather start a team with Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen? I feel like all of them to a man is going to take Josh Allen. Yeah, let, let's compare those stats. Okay, let's do that. Josh Allen has 500, almost 600 more passing yards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Josh Allen has 13 more touchdown passes, two more rushing yards, um, six fewer rushing touchdowns. And how many more picks? Yeah, he, yeah. he's way up there in picks. Yes, he is. That's that's probably the difference right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you got me. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I got plenty of friends around here that's Eagle fans, and they let me know about it. So, um, But it's just like, once again, it's just last year. And if you remember this time last year, people didn't even know. They was like, Jalen Hurts, this is his last chance that we might draft a quarterback mm-hmm. uh, with their number 10 pick. Or they had a top 10 pick. They got the uh, Jalen Carter from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Their front is going to be crazy, dude. I know. 
they're saying that Jalen Carter looks the best, and he's not even going to start on an already great defensive front. Mm-hmm. They have an abundance of riches. They do. And how they ended up being a Super Bowl team and then were in position to have an amazing draft with three first-round picks the next year. Yes. Hats off to their GM, Howie Roseman. Yes. Yes. Stephon Diggs came in at number 16. Yes, he did. He's up yep. 10 spots over the previous year. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we wound up having four uh, players in the top 100. So, mm-hmm. But my question to you is, and this is off the cuff, we didn't even discuss this beforehand. Um, they were talking about it on the Howard Jeremy show this morning. Who do you think will be the next Buffalo Bill on the top 100? That has oh. not made it. That has not made it yet. Who do you think will be the next person? Greg Rousseau. Absolutely. And we didn't even talk about it. No. Slap the table. It's Greg Rousseau. <laughs> Greg Rousseau. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't even no. I don't even want to talk about honorable mentions. I was going to say Greg Rousseau also. Eh, honorable mentions. I mean, who hasn't made it that could? Ed Oliver could find his way in there. If he has a huge season, um, James Cook could find his way in there. And then Gabe Davis. And then Gabe Davis. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be a starter, right? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you would imagine that you're going to be top 100 in the whole NFL that you probably start on your own team. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm thinking of somebody who's going to push their way into the starting lineup by injury or by performance, uh, and that, that doesn't sound very likely to me. Right. Also, Dorian Williams, man, he's number two at the weak side linebacker also, so that's interesting. He's above Tyler Medikavich. Uh, well, so, Medikavich is really just a special teamer. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And – then they've got Traven Howard at linebacker, who is a, a camp body. Yeah. And interestingly, they're showing uh, six, seven, eight linebackers on the roster. Medikevich is on the physically unable to perform list. I, who's going to be playing late in the game for no the Bills? Idea. Is Are they seriously going to consider putting A.J. Klein out there in garbage time? That's disrespectful. He's, he's well, too old for that. Well, at least he'll get film. That'd be an opportunity to get film because right now he's he's fourth string. I would just imagine that you have Spectre out there. I don't know if AJ Klein's the yeah. type of guy. You come on, man. You know what he gives you. So. You you know what he's got, and I don't think you want to put the mileage on him at this point in his career. If if I were him, I'd be like, yeah, I'll do you a solid in one of these games, but don't put me out there with these scrubs. I'm going to get hurt. You're right. It's disrespectful. And everybody been talking about Shane Ray, but on the depth chart they got him fourth. So well, behind yeah. Shaq Lawson, Von Miller. Well, Von Miller might not be able to go early on. So Shaq Lawson, killing uh, Kingsley, Jonathan, and then Shane Ray. Yeah, I I wonder who you're going to put him in front of. It it depends on how you break it down, though. Uh, you know, on the other defensive side, like this shows. Leonard Floyd backing up Greg Rousseau and AJ Epinesa backing up Von Miller. So Epinesa would be considered the starter, but I think that's only because of what they've typically played previously. Shane Ray. I mean, 
really he's probably battling for the very last spot on the roster with Boogie Basham and Shaq Lawson, wouldn't you say? Like I would. Like one or two of those three will make it. Right. And I also found it interesting that Puna Ford is listed behind Tim Settle, who I was not impressed by last year. Right. I don't know. I, I was hoping Puna Ford would be on the field with Ed Oliver to take up double teams to free up Ed Oliver. But yeah, if you're third on the depth chart, third string, we don't know how much that's going to happen. Right. So that's something to keep an eye on also. And here's another player that I want everybody to keep their eye on because he's going to become everybody's favorite player by the end of camp. And you know who this is going to be as soon as I say it. Who is that? Everyone's going to love Jordan Mims. <laughs> Undrafted yeah. free agent running back. That's the player that the fans always fall in love with. Mm. Happens every year, doesn't it? It does. It does. You know, we was, what was uh, what's my boy's name, man, that uh, came over from overseas. Everybody went. He had a couple long runs in the preseason. Oh, yeah. Christian Wade. Wade. Everybody's like, oh, he need to start. <laughs> I know. And then a few years ago, you had Brandon Riley at receiver. They're like, oh, my yeah. God, he makes amazing catches. Yes. And he never played a down during the regular season, did he? I, I don't think he did. You know why he made amazing catches? Two reasons. He had great hands. But number two, he couldn't get separation even from third stringers. Right. Exactly. So he made amazing catches because he was always covered. Mm-hmm. You can't get open. You can't play in the NFL. Nope. NFL, not for long. Also, so, you can't play receiver if you can't catch the ball. Nope. Receivers that can't catch the ball, they're called corners. And every year, somebody gets drafted because of their speed and their ability to get open, and then they've got hands like rocks. Right. And, you know, we're seeing that in Buffalo still. Mm. Apparently, Khalil Shakir is dropping a lot of passes. Mm, really? Yep. So, um, before we wrap this up, man, because I got to get big fella to football practice. So, um, Naheem Hines had surgery today, so they say it's going to take him a year to recover. So, that poor keep guy. him in mind and thoughts and prayers as he recovered from that uh, injury. <sighs> All right. Quickly, how do you feel about the team trying to claw back money from him? <sighs> Once again, it's not my purse, so I guess I can have an opinion like everybody else. I would like to see us take care of him. Even though it was not a football injury, I mean, jet skis, how it happened, he was just sitting there. And I know a lot of people say, well, he should have been on jet skis right before camp and all that stuff. I get it. If it was him being dumb, then no, right? But he was just sitting there. Somebody ran into him. Hopefully, we could take care of him. Hopefully, there's not more to that story. Yeah. That's true. I, uh, I I think they got to do something. I, I, I don't think they can just claw back all that money and be like, well, you know, non-football. We, it just sets a bad precedent for every other free agent. I agree. Anyway. Um, Jim Beheim, former uh, Hall of Fame coach from Syracuse, was at practice yesterday. Oh, was he? Yeah. So that was good to see him sight, you know, celebrities at our practices and stuff. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Um. And also, Kim uh, Pagula has been in practices. 
Uh, she has to have public appearances since she fell sick uh, last year, so it's good to see her up and about, too. It is a very good thing that she's even alive right now. And yeah. I understand that she is suffering from aphasia, uh, which is due to, it tends to be, I believe it is brain damage that occurs as a result of lack of blood flow to the brain. And while she was having cardiac arrest, that becomes something that is uh, very common. And they were extremely worried about that with Damar Hamlin. He right. escaped unscathed. She is struggling far more. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're hoping for the best for Kim. Most definitely. So I guess we'll be back next week. We'll have a recap and, uh, yeah, see where we stand then after this Saturday. So enjoy the game. Uh, Hall of Fame, We the Hall of Fame game was Thursday. Did you get a chance to watch that? Nope. Not at all. Okay. Well, I watched some of it. It was good to watch <laughs> football. So, uh, And uh, what's the name? Uh, sung the National Anthem. Yeah, look it up. All right, I'll look it up. <laughs> so we'll see you next week. Hey, hey, hey.